Hello and welcome back to the Super Genius Podcast. I am your host, Wade Green. Thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. Can I get an encore? Do you want more booking balls? All right, stop, stop. Cut it out. All right, cut it. <laughs> you know, I just had to do that because, you know, Jay-Z, he was just announced as the first billionaire of hip-hop, so I just had to do that. Forbes announced that. First billionaire of hip-hop, Jay-Z. Round of applause for that man. Just a young black man from Marcy, just trying to make it, you know? Proud of that man, Jay Z. You know, I saw him in concert. I did not know Jay Z's legs were that small. Like, I know I shouldn't be looking at his legs, but he's like knock kneed and it was look weird. But <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about that. But congratulations to Jay Z. Congratulations to him. You know, as always here on the Super Junior Podcast, we are going to reflect on some topics I found interesting and wanted to share with you in the world of sports entertainment from this past week. First off, I want to thank you for checking back in. I hope you had a great week. You were productive, accomplished all your weekly goals and tasks. If you weren't productive, hey, it's a brand new week. You get to start it off on a good note. You're already starting it off on a good note by listening to the podcast. But yeah, just got to remain disciplined, stay focused, and be consistent. That's what I'm learning about podcasts. You got to remain consistent, definitely. You got to be disciplined. You got to stay focused. And you want to accomplish your goals, whatever you want to do. So it just rings true for everything. Stay disciplined, stay focused, and be consistent. Personally, I had a long, long week. I had a bunch of interviews I had to go on. I hate going to interviews. I really do. I hope I got some of the jobs. Got to remain positive, right? Got to speed things into resistance. So you get that. Got to be positive mentality. Can't be a pessimist. Always got to be optimistic. So I'm hoping I got these jobs so I can get some benefits. No, I'm joking. But so I can pay some bills, to be honest with you. But I really, really hate when jobs made me do like online interviews where I had to talk to the computer. I hate doing that. I had some bank interviews for like Chase and City. They made me do these video interviews where I had to talk to my computer and answer a bunch of questions like, oh, why do you want to work here at Chase? Like, yes, these are the same questions I would get if I was actually sitting down with the person, but I'd rather be sitting down with the person and talking to them and having that human interaction than me just sitting at home, putting on my tie and in my boxers with a tie and with a tie and the dress shirt on, talking to the computer. I'd rather be, get the whole get up on and go to the actual place and talk to the person face to face it makes it feel more real and makes me feel more in the moment i i don't feel in the moment when i'm at home but anyway i just hate those interviews they should really change that up but we're gonna get to the more important stuff enough about me last week of course we saw the start of the nba finals Finally, 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 finally. After what I would think of disappointing Western Conference Finals when the Portland Trailblazers, they got swept. And and Damian Lillard has a nerve to be boxing in the ring. Why why couldn't you show that kind of fight in that series, Dame? You my favorite, you one of my favorite players, Dame Lillard, but why couldn't you show that type of fight in the ring with that you had in the ring against the Warriors on the court? Come on now. You should have practiced those boxing skills in the, in the on the court, man. I don't know if you guys saw that on IG, but he was on IG just boxing. And I was like, God, and people were making fun of him and say, oh, he's going to go at the Russ. No, he should have went at the Steph like that instead of going at the Russ. He wasn't, like I said, he was not the same since that first round series against Russ. 
But anyway, if you follow me on Instagram, you follow me on Twitter, or you follow me on Facebook, you saw that on Thursday, I predicted that Toronto was going to win this series in sits. And I'm standing by that. Toronto's winning this series in sits. And if you don't follow me, I'm going to pause this episode right now, actually, because it's a crime that you do not follow me right now on IG, Twitter, or Facebook. You need to go follow me right now. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Open up those apps. If you're on your computer, go to those websites and hit that follow button. Go to IG and Twitter and search at SuperJunior underscore 93. Again, at SuperJunior underscore 93 on Twitter and IG. Search that and hit that follow button and then make your way over to Facebook. Open that app. Go to that website and go to my Facebook page. Super Junior Podcast Search that And hit the like And share button And share with your Family and friends Cause you know what they say You know what they say Family and friends That pod together Stay together So don't you wanna Stay together So pod together And share with your friends Like and share Share now Don't worry I'll wait Sharing is caring guys IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Like and share. Like and share. Now, like I was saying, I predicted Toronto and sits. Two games have already been played, and the series is tied at one. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on the series so far and tell you why I think Toronto will dethrone the Warriors this year in this NBA Finals, even though Drake is like losing his goddamn mind. Like, I really can't stand Drake. I really can't. Like, he's going to be unbearable if they win, but I don't know what's more unbearable. Seeing Golden State win again or Drake winning. I don't know what's more unbearable, but I'm going for Toronto regardless. Then we're going to get into the latest news about the Houston Rockets. They're making everyone available and coach Mike D'Antoni ended the contract talks. Like I told you guys last week, Mike D'Antoni wanted a three-year extension. Negro, please. I don't know what he's thinking, but we're going to talk about that again. Doc Rivers and the Clippers getting fined 50000 for saying Kawhi Leonard is a good player. We're going to talk about that news. Also, my New York Knicks, my New York Knicks, they're contemplating the idea of trading out of the number three pick in this year's draft. And also, we're going to talk about last week's episode of Open Court that aired last Wednesday on NBA TV. It was called What If. The title of the episode was What If. And they had some guests on there. Kenny the Jet Smith, Jet by name. Oh, Jet by game, not by name. That's how it goes. Isaiah Thomas, you know, the actual Isaiah Thomas, the one from Detroit Bad Boys, not the Isaiah Thomas from the Denver Nuggets who sat on the bench this year or the Boston Celtics. But I feel bad for Isaiah Thomas, man. He should have made his money. I really do feel bad for that, man. They should do something. They should make a fund, like a GoFundMe for him. Please make a GoFundMe for Isaiah Thomas because his career is basically done, especially him making big money is done. But they also had Grant Hill. Chris Bosh, Kevin McHale, and they answered some what-if questions about their careers and the NBA in general. They had a lot of interesting stuff to say that I wanted to share with you and touch on. So, let's get started.
Let's start off with the NBA Finals. The finals is tied at 1-1 right now. Game one went to the Raptors. They had a really good game. I think the Golden State Warriors were a little, you know, tired. Well, not tired. They were a little off their game a little bit because they had nine days off. The Raptors, they had a nice little window of like time to rest, but also time to still be fresh and still be in rhythm a little bit. And you can notice that in the game one, they had a great defensive plan. Their defense is looks amazing. Fred Van Vliet, I didn't know he played defense that good. Marcus Saul, you can see the difference now of having a, a defensive player of the year out there at the center position because he was playing that pick and roll beautifully he was trapping Steph whenever you want to do the pick and roll it wasn't the same when he had um Ennis Cantor out there for the Blazers because you know Ennis Cantor he can't play no damn defense and he was barbecue chicken for Steph when it came to the pick and roll but having Marcus Saw out there he was able to still step up and stay in front of Steph and not allow him to get around or split the double team so he really kept Steph in front of him in that game one and in game two really too and he was actually playing well offensively as well and game two though Marcus saw he was not playing well. Seeing he looked timid to shoot, and he was just passing up easy shots. And I think that was a real reason why they lost game two. But back to game one, Pascal Siakam he stepped up on both ends of court. He made like 11 straight shots in, in game one, and he had 32 points. Big first game for him. I was really impressed. He actually came out and helped out Kawhi Leonard because you know Kawhi Leonard had 23 points, eight rebounds. It was a real regular game for him. They were really double teaming him a lot in that first game. Fred Van Vliet, like I said, I told you defensively he did great, but offensively he was making some big shots and he was playing great defense on Steph. Great defense on Steph. And ever since he had his kid though, he's been playing really good. You've seen a different side of him. Serge Ibaka, he stepped up a bit. Danny Green, it was a Danny Green sighting. There was a Danny Green sighting in game one. I was surprised to see him show, step up and hit some big threes. It was good to see him do that. Who else had a good game in game one? That was really it. Serge Ibaka, like I said, Norman Powell came in off the bench and did his thing. It was an all-around good team effort by the Toronto Raptors. Kyle Lowry, he didn't do much offensively in game one, but defensively and, you know, getting all those charges and also setting up the team's offense with his passing and being a great playmaker, he did a great job doing that for them in game one. And that's the reason why Toronto Raptors won. And you can see, like, I think a big part of this series is going to be, I try to get to that later, but I think a big part of the series is going to be about the supporting cast around the stars. We're going to get that into that in a minute. Game two was kind of a complete difference because, you know, Siakam, he didn't come to play. He's He went five for 18. Then he only had 12 points in game two. Gasol, like I said, he looked timid, man. He looked really timid to be out there and make some shots. He was just passing up open shots. Just keep being a passer. Like, like take the shot. You had an open three, take the shot. And I don't really know why Nick Nurse doesn't put Gasol in the post and actually let him go to work. Like, yo, throw the ball down there in the post. You have someone who can work in the post and can do some type of post moves to get you an easy basket. Like, it looks so difficult in Toronto, especially down the stretch, to make a shot. It was so difficult. So difficult. In the first half, they looked great, but I knew something was going to go off because or go wrong because 
in that first half they had a big lead like 13 points or 12 points and right before the half they let Golden State cut it to five because they got into foul trouble Kyle Lowry was in foul trouble he fouled out um it was a lot of foul trouble for the um Toronto Raptors Serge Ibaka was in foul trouble so they had a little bit a tough time staying out there on the court because they just kept fouling Golden State and fouling Golden State but yeah, cutting, letting Golden State cut the lead to five really hurt the Raptors because you got to have a big lead against Golden State. You can't give them that extra boost of confidence of being down early in the half of most of the first half and then cutting it to five within five before you go into halftime. And then after halftime in the third quarter, Golden State did what Golden State does. They had that big old run in the third quarter where they went on an 18-0 run. And then now the Toronto Raptors are down by eight going into the fourth quarter so it was just a bad bad showing by the Toronto Raptors in that game it just didn't look right the supporting cast didn't come to play this time and they let a game go in my opinion they really let a game go really did I was really disappointed in Toronto that fourth quarter would look terrible because you saw Clay Thompson he got hurt he had to lead the game because of bad hamstring Kayvon Looney he got hurt because of um, the collision he had with Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter he didn't come to play at all I thought he was he didn't look good in the fourth quarter defensively Toronto looks ready defensively Toronto's ready it's just offensively they gotta step up and make the right decisions and stop taking so many three-pointers and take it to the basket every once in a while they was taking way too many three-pointers in that fourth quarter and they played great defense on the step playing that bots and one when Clay went out there was some moments where they let players like um, Quinn Cook to step up and hit big shots. He had three big three-pointers in the second half for the Golden State Warriors, which really hurt the Raptors. And I thought that that was a big key to the game. The way that Golden State's others really stepped up for them. And you know, they could have made a basket for the final six minutes of the game and they didn't make one until Andre Godala made a Hail Mary on the, basically the last play of the game for the Golden State Warriors, which really hurt the Toronto Raptors because during that whole time, they were within like five or six points, but they could not score a basket. They just kept taking three after three after three. Marcus All, like I said, he just kept passing up shots. It was just ugly out there, and they just wouldn't take an easy basket. They just kept going for the harder and harder shots instead of taking to the hole. What I really feel is... That game too, they lost that game more than Golden State won it. They did everything to lose that game. Everything to lose that game. Everything. And it really made me think about what Toronto has to do. And what I believe Toronto has to do, one, they just got to keep playing the defense they're playing because defense they're playing is not allowing everyone else to get off. Like there was a couple spots where Quinn Cook got cooking. Mm-mm. No pun intended. And then you had um, Andre Iguodala get free and get a couple shots. Draymond Green, they got to stop letting Draymond Green just get these free runs to the basket. I don't understand why teams let this happen. They're letting Draymond Green push the ball up the court off of makes and misses to get easy layups. Those are cheap points for the Golden State Warriors because they know they can't do much in the half court, against, especially against a good defensive team like the Toronto Raptors. You can't do, they can't do much. You see that. They haven't, when Clay was out there, you have two points players Clay and Steph who are offensive threats but Clay he can't create his own shot the only one that create their own shot is Steph and then Draymond Draymond's not a real shot creator the only way he creates shots is by pushing the ball up the court he's not going to beat you in the half court unless he has his shot going and more times than not his shot is not going so in my opinion 
Golden State doesn't have enough people out there, and this is why I think Toronto is going to win. They don't have enough people out there that really scare you offensively. So all Toronto needs to do is continue playing the great defense they're playing, and their others need to step up. That means Pascal Siakam, he has to be more consistent. Kyle Lowry, he needs to be a true number two guy. Yes, I love Kyle Lowry's defense and the way he takes charges. He's leading the league, he's leading the league this year in the playoffs with charges. And I also like the way he, he takes control of the offense, but he has to stay out there. He can't be in any foul trouble, and he needs to be an offensive threat. Danny Green, he needs to keep hitting his jumpers. Norman Powell needs to keep doing what he does, coming and be that spark off the bench. Hopefully, they get OG and Anubi back to give Kawhi Leonard a little bit more rest on the offensive end. Well, in general, so he doesn't have to be out there for 43 minutes. Kawhi Leonard, he needs to learn how to work against the double team a little bit better. I know Jalen Rose is saying that they need to start running pick and roll with Marcus All and Kawhi Leonard. Maybe that's right, because Marcus All, he's really making me upset. He really is. Because Quilin was throwing the ball a couple times. He could have took the shot. And I just don't like the fact that he's always standing out there on the perimeter. He needs to get his big ass down low and just work the post. Work the post. Work your little passing game from the post or from the elbow so you can take easy little mid-range jumpers or something like that. Stop taking those difficult shots from the outside or would stay on the outside and just being a non-offensive threat. You're just passing the ball when the defense doesn't have to play you anymore. So they could double off you and leave you wide open and you're just going to pass it to the next person playing hot potato like you scared. Like you, like I could have sworn you've been here before. You've been to Western Conference Finals. You've been in the Eastern Conference Finals now. You should be able to do what you need to do, Marcus. So I'm talking to you. Step up. Serge Ibaka, you got to step up to you've been to uh, NBA Finals. You can do this, Serge. Step up. Siakam, I know it's your first time. You got to be a little bit more consistent, though. You just got to do what you got to do, man. You really do. And I really do feel like Golden State is going to need Kevin Durant. Like I said before, they need someone else that can be, that can create their own shot, honestly. They just need someone else that can create their own shot. Steph can't do on his own. He needs someone else that could be out there and be an offensive threat. Andre Godala, he can make these little, little lucky three-pointers. I, I know they say he's clutch. I know Max Kellerman is crazy behind said that. He'd rather have um, Andre Godala take last-minute shots over Steph Curry. That's his crazy ass. I believe Andre Godala, he gets lucky with these shots. Uh, to be honest with you, I really feel like they're going to need Kevin Durant in this series. They're really going to need him because they need someone else to take the pressure offensively off Steph and Clay. And it looks like Clay's not going to be healthy for game three. And I, I'm telling you right now, Clay don't play. I expect the Toronto Raptors to win. They need to split and go to state anyway. They need a split. And they need to take game three, especially if Clay's not going to be out there. Because the Golden State Warriors is going to be even easier to guard. Who the hell are you afraid of offensively? Quinn Cook, you can have him out there. But once you know that Quinn Cook is out there and you put a decent defender on him, be null and void null and void so and demarcus cousins by the way i gotta give a shout out to demarcus cousins give a shout out to demarcus cousins because the performance demarcus cousins gave on sunday night he deserves an applause he really deserves an applause I was really impressed with DeMarcus Cousins. He came in, he did his thing. I was expecting him to be a little more sluggish and not be able to do what he did, but he really outplayed 
the front court by himself. He outplayed the front court for this Rons rather. That means Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, and Marcus Gasol. He outplayed all three of them. He came in and gave that energy. He gave his effort. He didn't score a whole bunch of points, but he still gave that effort and energy to give that little spark to the Golden State Warriors. So I was really impressed with DeMarcus Cousins and what he was able to do out there on the court. And like I said, what it's going to come down to in this series is whose others are going to help him more for the stars. Is Golden State ball movement is going to allow the others to help them help Steph and Clay more and Draymond more? Or is Kawhi Leonard going to get the help he needs so he can get off finally in this series? Because as we see, his field goal percentage has been dropping. From what I saw on ESPN, his field goal percentage has dropped each series. And maybe because the defense gets tougher each series. But also, you got to remember, he hasn't played that much over the last year because he's been hurt and he's also been in that load management as well. So, we're going to see how the series unfolds. I really do feel like the Toronto Raptors have a great chance because they have a great defense. And I just think they have a deeper team and they have more people that can hurt you offensively. And that should be a good formula to beat the Golden State Warriors this year. I really feel that way. Before we move on to the next topic, I got to give Drake his props. I like that hoodie he wore on Sunday night for game two. The worst Kevin hoodie, making fun of Kevin Durant not being there. It was Kevin from home alone with his hand on his face, you know. Home Alone. That was a great hoodie. Um, I didn't really like his Del Curry troll. It wasn't that good wearing the Del Curry jersey. It was cool. Like you're wearing the jersey of the man's father that like your team is facing. But I get it. And I really just don't understand why Drake gets these tattoos. I found out he has the tattoo of Steph and Kevin Durant's number on his body. Why does he do that? Like, I understand your fans, these people, but are you that much a fan? They impact your life that much that you have to get a tattoo of them on your body? I don't know. For me, if I'm going to get a tattoo, it has to be something that, that the person really changed my life or affected me in a way that I have to give them some type of props. You know what I mean? I don't feel like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry did that much in Drake's life. So... I don't know. Kevin Durant does the same thing. He has a lot of tattoos of other people on his body as well. I can't just get tattoos of people's faces on my body. But that's me. That's me. Let's get into the Doc Rivers and Clippers getting fined by the league for tampering with Kawhi Leonard. So last week, there was an NBA Finals preview show on ESPN. Doc Rivers, Stephen A. Smith hosted it. Um... Michael Wilbon and Matt Johnson was on the panel as well. And they were basically going back and forth talking about the finals and talking about players. One of the players they decided to talk about was Kawhi Leonard. And then Stephen A asked the question, is Kawhi Leonard the best player in the league? So I'm going to play a clip for you of what basically Doc Rivers got fined for. And here it is. We've seen Kawhi Leonard. We've seen him perform. There is just no question that this is one of the greatest players in the world. Basketball at this particular moment in time? Well, I think that, you know, if he can win this championship, it'll put him right up there with LeBron and KD. Um, I think that Kawhi is doing it on both ends, man. And and what we're seeing, too, is a guy now because of basketball, it's about three-point shooting. Kawhi gets most of his points on twos. But he always get to his spot, and I don't care even if you beat him there, he's so big and strong, he gonna bump you off and still get his shot off. And what we really love, Doc, is that he plays both ends of the court, and he makes the, always the right read he on He is the most like Jordan that we've seen. Like, there's a lot of great players. LeBron is phenomenal, yeah. KD is phenomenal, but when, not that he is Jordan or anything like that, but he's the most like him. Big hands, uh, post game, 
can finish, great leaper, great defender, uh, in between game. If you beat him to the spot, bump, bump you off. Yep. And then you add his three point shooting. Mm. You know, so, uh, you know, I don't, I never get in that who's the best player. Right. Uh, you know, Magic is the best player. You know, Michael Jordan was the best player, LeBron, but the, it's that same group. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, that is what Doc Rivers got fined for. For saying Kawhi Leonard is the closest thing since Jordan. And saying that he's one of the greats like Magic Johnson and LeBron James. I don't For me, personally, I just don't feel like he should have got fined for this. I really don't. I think it was kind of... I don't know. It wasn't a big deal. It just wasn't a big deal, in my opinion. I can understand if he was bribing Kawhi Leonard, saying, like, hey, you come to Los Angeles Clippers, you know we have Steve Brown. We can get you some extra cash on the side. You could be part of Microsoft, give you some great investment ideas. That's time to tamper it. But saying that a player is good. Negro, please. Come on now. Come on. All these coaches think Kawhi Leonard is good. And all these coaches will go on TV and say Kawhi Leonard is good. But you can't say Kawhi Leonard is good. That makes no sense. So you have to be, so you have to lie, basically. But like, nah, he's not that good. No, I don't know. Alice Silver said that Doc Rivers should have said, oh, I'm not allowed to answer this question per league rules. Come on now. You're on TV. You're selling the show. You got to be engaging. You got to be enticing. You got to say some things that may be a little bit extra, but you got to sell the show. You got to sell your commentary. Look what Kendrick Perkins does. He says a whole bunch of hyperboles and he just switches up the next day. Kendrick Perkins says it all the time. Oh, Lord have mercy. Kendrick Perkins be tampering, to be honest with you. He be saying that Kevin Durant's going to be leaving Golden State and he's going to go to New York every single time he's on air. And he's switching up every once in a while as well. I haven't, don't think I haven't noticed that. Kendrick. Freaking Kendrick Perkins. But anyway, I just don't think that is that big of a deal. I just honestly don't think it's... I really don't feel like it's a major deal where you have to find the man and take away money from the team. It's just not that big of a deal. But let's just move on. I'm not going to spend too much time on that topic. I just thought it was utterly ridiculous that Doc Rivers got fined. Next up, we got to talk about the Houston Rockets again because they made news last week. couple big moves. Um, GM Dow Moore is going to make everyone available except for James Harden, apparently. Actually, last week I heard a good trade. I'm not even going to lie. It might be a good trade. It's from Will Kane. He said that the Houston Rockets should look into trading James Harden for LeBron James. I think that's not a bad idea. It'll be a bad idea for James Harden because he's going to go to the Lakers and they really have nothing. But the Lakers are going to get young. They have already a young core. James Harden with Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram. That could be a little good team. That could be a nice little team, actually, because you have James Harden could be more off the ball. And he can let Lonzo Ball run the team. And LeBron James, he gets to be with his buddy down in um, Houston. And he could have a chance to win the title with that group right there. So that would be a great change. But... They're not trying to trade him according to reports. This is really for everyone else. Like Chris Paul, he might get traded. I told you last week. I know it's going to be difficult because Chris Paul got a lot of money on that contract, but I would trade Chris Paul. He hasn't proven anything. Like everyone wants to be like, oh, we're being disrespectful to Chris Paul, blase, blase, blah. Who cares? What has Chris Paul done in his career? Let's be real about this. If you want to get on Carmelo Anthony and say he's not a winner, we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony later. You want to get on him and say he's not a winner and he hasn't done anything in his career. What has Chris Paul done? Absolutely nothing. Every time he gets in that moment where he could actually take that next step, he always chokes. Always chokes. 
I've never seen Chris Paul come up big in any situation. It was that one year where um, I think it was his first year in Houston where he actually got past the San Antonio Spurs. Then they had a great series in that year. But every other year, like he doesn't do anything. Every time against the Warriors, he always comes up short. That year, his team gave up that big lead to the Rockets when they should have played. Then the Clippers should have played. Um, should have played the Golden State Warriors in the conference finals, but they lost the Rockets because they gave up that huge lead. They let the Rockets come back with their bench, and James Harden was all on the floor. That James Harden's another one that doesn't come up big in huge moments as well. But yeah, like they should be looking to trade Chris Paul, in my opinion. A lot of people saying the Lakers, and you got to give them a lot back. I would take, definitely take Lonzo Ball if I'm the. Houston Rockets Lonzo Ball can push the ball out the court Lakers are in a lot of trade discussions they talking about getting Bradley Beal as well that's another good trade if the Lakers could get that because Lake, you know LeBron he just needs shooters he doesn't like big men he just likes shooters around him even though I don't think he doesn't make players better around him he makes them better for him but not better in general as good players in the league so yeah I, 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 I don't know man Houston Rockets they're gonna have to do a lot of stuff they're looking to trade Kirk Capella that's the one they really like Shopping around out there. That's what reports say. They really trying to shop around Clint Capella and see what they get for him. Chris Paul. Those are the two main pieces I would trade to be, try to improve this team. And according to reports, they're getting rid of assistant coaches left and right. And apparently, it's trying to push Mike D'Antoni out the door because you know they end the contract toss with him. Obviously, they couldn't get the money right. I told you guys last week. Mike D'Antoni won an extension. Negro, please. Come on now. He don't deserve no extension. He don't deserve it. He's never ready for the moment. Ever. Him, Chris Paul, and James Harden are never ready for the moment. They're not good enough. They're good, but not good enough. And you can't have players who just are good and not good enough every single day year you need someone that can step in and be that dog be that guy that be like yo i don't care what it takes we're gonna get past this team this year was their year and i'll be disappointed too and i'm not paying all that money in luxury tax for a team that's not good enough and same thing for a coach i know it's not good to have a lame duck coach and i know you're not gonna be able to find a lot of assistance because mike d'antoni's on a one-year deal who's gonna want to come to a team when they only have one year really of certainty mike d'antoni just gotta win and he shouldn't be worried about his contract if he gets the job done, he's going to get a long-term deal. Like You can't be getting contract extensions to be mediocre. Like I'm sick of being mediocre with Mike D'Antoni. In New York, it was Carmelo Anthony's fault. Now it looks like it, it's always his system. It's always his system. And a good idea, I think, which would be, I saw this on, I forgot where I saw it, but I saw someone say that um, the Houston Rockets should look at bringing in Tom Thibodeau as their defensive coordinator, basically. I think that would be a great idea. They wouldn't like it because they don't like to practice. I know that. Mike D'Antonio doesn't like to practice, and Tom Thibodeau loves to practice and go over defensive schemes and stuff like that. But Tom Tittle will be a good infusion because you know Mike D'Antoni's offense guru. I think Tom Tittle is a defensive guru. That could be a good infusion. And next year, if Kevin Durant does leave, then you have that you can have that defense strategy that can help you beat the Kevin Durantless Warriors, which you struggled with for some reason on your home floor and in game five when Kevin Durant went out. But that's a different story, man. So I don't know. Houston Rockets, you got to fix it. We're going to see what happens. The free agency starts in another month. The draft's coming up soon. So we're going to see if any trades happen. Houston Rockets, I wish you all the well. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, I feel bad for you, but hey, you got to get it done. At some point, you got to get it done. And that's what it comes down to. You got to get it done. 
enough about those losers. <laughs> well, let's talk about my New York Knicks. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Speaking of losers, oh man, it's, it's, it's tough to be a Knicks fan. But this week, some news came out about the Knicks. You know that the NBA draft is coming up Thursday, June 20th. Better pay attention to that. Look at that. It is who your team is going to get. But there's some news coming out, some reports that the Knicks might be interested in trading the number three pick to Atlanta for the eighth and number 10 pick. Um, um, you want to know my position on this? Uh, no. Hell no. I wish I had a hell no. Why would you do this? For the eight and number 10 pick? Hell no. Hell to the no. No. No, 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 no. Do I want this trade? Hell no. Now, the only way I would accept the trade for the eighth number 10 pick is if Atlanta adds in that man, John Collins. If you add in John Collins or you add in somebody, something, add in a player that's established, if you add in John Collins, I would take that trade in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Like you get in a play that's back that is a proven commodity and you get an extra two picks so you can fill out the roster a little bit with some more young players to put around if you get someone like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving even though Kyrie Irving this report's coming out that he might be interested in the Brooklyn Nets which I really don't get I can't see him and D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt together but hey that's me I don't I can't see it working out in New York and he don't respect coaches he had a, a tough time with Brad Stevens he's really gonna respect um Kenny Atkinson out in Brooklyn. Anyway, who cares about the Brooklyn Nets? I don't care about them. We're talking about the Knicks right now. Knicks, do not make this trade. Do not. Do not. Because they already say that this, this draft is a is a weak draft. There's only the top three players. Are really, that's it. And they're supposed to be Cam Reddish, but they saying Cam Reddish is not that worthy of the number three pick. <sighs> I don't know, man. I really don't know. There's reports coming out that RJ Barrett's supposed to meet with the Knicks in the coming week. And... I don't know. I'm not really up to ecstatic about R.J. Barrett as well. I really don't see him being that great either. He's kind of an inefficient shooter. But I'm a, I wouldn't mind getting him. Another trade we're talking about doing is trading the number three pick in hopes of getting Anthony Davis. If we get Anthony Davis, I'll be happy with it. But I wouldn't want him to just come alone because we've seen what Anthony Davis does alone. He doesn't do much, to my opinion. I would think Anthony Davis needs to come with someone like Kevin Durant, come with someone like Kyrie Irving. And you need to find someone that... And if Kyrie Irving comes, he has to find a way to respect the coach because this dude does not respect the coach. But Knicks, do not trade that number three pick to Atlanta for the eighth and number 10 pick. Everyone's saying this draft is weak. It's a weak draft. Why would you trade a top three pick for two players that might end up to be nothing at the end of the day? Nothing. Oh, man. I hope the Knicks don't do this. Please play for us. If you're a Knicks fan, please pray. If you are a Knicks fan, please pray. And if you're not a Knicks fan and you're just a hater and you're probably the reason why the Knicks didn't get the number one pick, forget you. <laughs> forget you. Hey, next up, let's talk about a topic that I was particularly excited to talk about because I found it completely interesting and it was a lot of great conversation can be started off of it. Last Wednesday, there was an episode of Open Court on NBA TV and it was entitled What If? And a lot of people were on it. The panel had Isaiah Thomas, Chris Bosh, Kevin McHale, Kenny the Jet Smith, Jet by Game, Not by Name. Um, and one more person, Grant Hill. 
all three of those guys and they answered a series of what if questions about the NBA and also about their own careers. And one of the first questions that was asked is what is the biggest what if in their career? Chris Boss, he gave the typical answer. Oh, what if LeBron didn't leave the Miami Heat? He felt they could have won another ring or they could have ran it back one more time. And eh, I really don't care about Chris Boss's answer. And that's kind of typical. They probably would have went back to the finals again and they probably would have lost. Who they, who they, I think they would have lost to the Golden State Warriors. Actually, Maybe they put a one with having D-Wade, but D-Wade wasn't healthy. Then Chris Boss got hurt, hurt that year as well. So you never know. You never know. Kevin McHale, he said that he could have been a Nick in 1983 when free agency first came in. And he was being forced to go because he wanted to have a big star move a team. But he never really wanted to leave. He didn't want to be in New York. And who cares? You don't want to be in New York. We don't want you in New York. We only want people who want to be in New York. Be in New York. But the last two who did say, well, the last three who did say something, Kenny Jess Smith, Grant Hill, and Isaiah Thomas, those answers were interesting. Isaiah Thomas said that in the, the finals where the Detroit Pistons played the Los Angeles Lakers and Isaiah Thomas hurt his ankle, and, you know, they lost that final because Isaiah Thomas basically hurt his ankle. Um, it was a call in one of the games against Bill Lambeer that sent Kar- Kareem to the line, and he made two free throws, and that helped them win the series as well. If they didn't get that call, he felt like, and if Isaiah didn't hurt his ankle, he felt that the Detroit Pistons would have went on a three-peat and people would respect the Detroit Pistons way more than they do right now. The bad boy Pistons waited more than they do right now because a lot of people, which he's correct about, they do look over the Detroit Pistons two championships in a row, I think in 90 and 91, or it might have been 89 and 90. I don't really know, but I haven't really checked. But I, they do look over it. If they would have won a three, if they would have been the first team to be a three P in that era with the Celtics and the Lakers, and the Detroit Pistons were the ones to get a three P instead of the, the Bulls first, I think people would look at Isaiah Thomas and that Bad Boys Pistons team a little bit differently. So I agreed with that. And also, next up, Kenny the Jet Smith. Can someone please tell me what is wrong with Kenny the Jet Smith? Kenny the Jet Smith said. The biggest what if in his career is in the draft. The year he was drafted, I think it wasn't 86, but the year that he was drafted, it was the same year as um, Scottie Pippen. And Kenny Jett went number six and Scottie went number five. Kenny Jett said that if he would have got drafted to the Chicago Bulls instead of Scottie, he could have been Scottie for Michael Jordan. What? In the hell is Kenny the Jet Smith talking about? He thinks he could have been Scotty. Scotty, a lockdown defender. Come on now. That is uber disrespectful to that man, Scotty Pippen. Someone needs to talk to Kenny the Jets with. Why does Kenny, Kenny, like, uh, Kenny is one of those people that have delusions of grandeur. This man believes that he is greater than he was. Does he not realize he was a role player? Does he not realize he was a role player? But then he gave his little excuse like, hey, like when I first came in the league, because he got drafted by Sacramento Kings, he came into the league and he had to pay the most minutes as a rookie. He's basically behind Magic, Magic, Michael Jordan in minutes for the league, leading the league 43 minutes a game. He said those first five years of career, he had to learn how to be a pro on his own instead of going to a team where he had a like established player and, and learn the ropes for them. And he thinks he could have been a better player. Hey, I can't knock him for that. If he believes that, that's him. He could believe it all he wants. But me personally, I do not believe if the Bulls would have drafted Kenny Jess Smith instead of Scottie Pippen, they would have won on six titles out of eight years. I really don't believe it. I just don't see that happening. Kenny Jess Smith could have those delusions of grandeur, but 
I don't see that happening. I'm sorry, Kenny. I just I can't roll with you on that. I really can't roll with you on that. And then Grand Hill, you know, I was completely surprised by Grand Hill's answer to this question. To be honest with you, I thought he would say something completely different. But to this question of what was the biggest what if in your career to Grant Hill, he said that his biggest what if is what if he would have joined the Los Angeles Lakers in 2007 when he was a free agent instead of going to the Phoenix Suns. Because he, because you know the Los Angeles Lakers that year in 2007, I think they went to the finals. They lost to Boston, and the year after that, they won those. They went on a two championship run, beating the Orlando Magic and the Boston Celtics. Kobe got his revenge, but he felt like he could have went to them and he would have won a ring, and that would have changed his career a little bit. And I kind of agree with him because he went to Phoenix. You know Phoenix those years, Mike D'Antoni, good but never good enough, good but never good enough, Mike D'Antoni. That's what happened, and he went to that team. Team got to the Western Conference Finals, but they. They never won anything. And, you know, we want to get that ring, especially a person like Grant Hill who had a lot of injuries in his career. You want to get that ring. So those those are the interesting ones that I found for that question. And the next question that they had to answer was, what if they didn't get injured? So it was basically a series of players. You had to come up with players who thought that they believed that if they didn't get injured in their prime or in early in their career, they could have been something special. A lot of them gave the typical answer: Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, and D Rose. So they all gave that. They all gave that answer, and I agree with them for the most part on all those answers. Because Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway, they could have changed the league. They were both great. Those they were first real guys who were like those point forwards that we see like LeBron James and. Um, those point forwards, those guys who can run the offense and be a, a threat offensively, those were the guys. Those were the first guys who really did it. Those big guards who ran the offense through them. Those are the first people. So I could understand. And Derrick Rose, you all know Derrick Rose. It would have been him and Russell Westbrook, man. Russell Westbrook took off because he didn't get the same kind of injuries. But Derrick Rose, like Chris Bosh said on the show, he didn't have a chance to build on his MVP season because right at, during his MVP season that year, I think he got hurt. No, he got hurt the following. I think he got hurt the following year or the year of his MVP season, and I really suffered him because I really did, did think Derrick Rose was gonna be something special in this league, but he is he's found a way to turn it around. It is sad, man. It really is sad. But then it made me think. It made me think about players from my generation that I remember who had their careers cut short because of injury and who could have been something great. And the first player I had in mind was Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy was definitely one of those good players. Played for Portland. Portland had a bunch of players who just Bill Wallen as well. He got hurt back in the day. Kevin McHale said Bill Wallen as well. But Brandon Roy was one of those players in my generation that he had his career cut short because of knee problems. And that sucked for him because Portland would have been good. Imagine Portland right now. Not right now, but through the years that they would have kept Brandon Roy and what's his name? Marcus Aldridge together. They had those couple of those teams that were pretty good. And they had Damian Lillard as well. Probably wouldn't have been in the same position to be in the lottery to pick Damian Lillard. But Brandon Roy was definitely a good player for the Portland Trailblazers before he got hurt. Greg Oden was another one. You really get to see how good Greg Oden could be because he was never healthy. But that was a career cut short because of injury. Michael Red, I don't know a lot of people don't remember Michael Red, but he used to play for the Bucks. Michael Red was dope and he was nice. He was a good, damn good shooter, but he was always hurt. That's why I remember Michael Red. Always hurt. Damn good shooter, but always hurt. Always hurt Michael Red. But no, my favorite player, my favorite player on the God's face of the earth, Chase McGrady. I still contend Chase McGrady is better than Kobe Bryant. I will always say that. Kobe Bryant even said Chase McGrady could do everything he could do. He was just taller and and bigger and faster. So 
I just thought Trace McGrady is one of the best players ever. And he and he didn't get all those injuries because he had to play all those damn minutes in Orlando because Grant Hill was always hurt. It would have been completely different. And I just feel like Trace McGrady's career was people didn't respect Trace McGrady the way they should. You know how JR should be disrespecting um, Trace McGrady nowadays. But Trace McGrady is one of the best players. And he had a birthday that recent class. Happy belated birthday, Trace McGrady. Yao Ming. Yao Ming is another one. If Yao Ming would have, if Yao Ming and Trace McGrady would have stayed healthy in Houston together, I'm telling you right now, Houston would have made some NBA Finals. But it was just unlucky. They always got hurt at the wrong time during the season, and it just couldn't never get over that hump, in the, the first round hump that Trace McGrady never got over. Gilbert Arenas was another one I, I thought of. Gilbert Arenas was always, like, he was an agent zero, agent freaking zero. He, Mr. The Hibachi. Very good, very good player. And then he had a downfall because he had he brought the guns into the locker room. But he had his messed up knees, and that really ruined his career. Allen Houston, another person who had bad knees for my New York Knicks. Oh man, Allen Houston, he could have been something great. They gave him all that money, and then he got hurt. That sucks. Amari Stoudemire was another name I thought of. Amari Stoudemire, like Amari Stoudemire didn't have those knee problems. He would have came to Knicks. He saw that first season where he was balling out with New York Knicks, and he had um, Raymond Felton, and he had that whole squad. I really felt that they should have kept that whole squad together instead of training for Carmelo Anthony. I know how bad New York wanted Carmelo, but if you would have waited and had a Carmelo come in later and come in during the off season, and you would have kept all those guys that nucleus together: Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, Raymond Felton, and and Amari Stoudemire, you would have had those pieces together. It would have been a completely different team because you would have you'd have to gut your whole roster and take away all your death. Because Amari Stoudemire and Kamani is not that great for you to be contenders just with those two guys and Jared Jeffries and a whole bunch of other bums around them. Like, come on, they weren't going to do nothing. But Amari Stoudemire, before he got his knee injuries, we all saw what Amari could do. And another person I thought of was Jay Williams. Jay Williams, when I got into the car accident for the Chicago Bulls, I didn't know. Like, he was a good player at Duke, and we thought he was going to be a great player in Chicago. And not in the way things work out, to be honest with you, if Jay Williams didn't get hurt, the Bulls would have never got Derrick Rose. So, But the great point guards that got hurt for Chicago, the curses just kept going and going for Jay Williams and Derrick Rose. So we just never know how those two would have turned out. But those, I thought that was another interesting question. The next question from the show, Open Court What If episode, was players they wish they would have played with. Players they wish they would have played with. Chris Bosh... Kevin McHale, Kenny the Jet Smith, he's, they both said, all three of them said, Magic Johnson, Chris Bosh said because he was a big man and Magic Johnson will always pass the ball to the right person. Kenny the Jet Smith, same thing. He always liked to pass the ball. He wants someone that could be a facilitator and get him the ball easily. So, typical answer to the question. Isaiah Thomas, he had a little shocking answer. He said, I, he said the Celtics and with Bird. Like, I would never expect him to say Celtics and the Bird, but he said it. I would never think that, but I would understand that because everyone thought that Bird was a good play, good teammate, especially Kevin McHale. He kept saying how Bird was a great teammate. Grant Hill, I thought this answer was funny. He said, Tracy McGrady. Because <laughs> you know he never fucking played with Tracy. I'm so, you know, you don't know how angry I am at I, I know his injuries and he, could, he couldn't help it, but I'm so angry that Chase McGrady had to go through those Orlando years by himself and he didn't have anyone else to help him. Because Randall said that, yo, 
he didn't know how good Chase McGrady was when he first came to the team. And he didn't learn that until Chase McGrady was forced to be in that role because he could do everything out there on the court. He played defense. He could facilitate. He could pass the ball. He could pass the ball out of his ass, man. The man is a fucking a magician. He's quick. He can shoot. And he has to do all this stuff by himself. And Chase McGrady gets a bad rap because he's saying that he can't do it, but he never got it done. But he never had anyone else on his team. Never. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but y'all mean got hurt. And then he finally got help with Ron Artest and he got the team to the playoffs. Then he got hurt. So it was just always bad luck with Chase McGrady. Just bad, bad luck. But Grant Hill's second answer to that question, I thought it was interesting. It made me think of a whole completely different thing with this whole what if series. So the answer of players they wish they would have played with, Grant Hill, his second answer was... Um, he wish he could have played with the bad boy Pistons. He wish he would have got drafted a little bit early and been able to play with the bad boy Pistons because he would have. He believed that he would be able to give them a little bit of younger infusion because a lot of things that people say about the bad boy Pistons, like they just got tired. That run that they had of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals all those years in a row, it took a toll on their body. And you know, back then they were actually playing basketball, playing football basketball, and, and hitting niggas, going up to, for the. Um, going off of fouls and stuff like that. It was rough, much rougher game. So if they would have got a younger guy like Grant Hill to infuse with that older team, that veteran team, they would have been better for it, and they would have helped. Grant Hill could have helped them extend their little their run a little bit longer, which I completely agree with. Completely agree with, and I think Grant Hill had, was on to something. And it made me think of another another time Detroit Pistons could have added someone younger to help them extend their run of championships because you know in 2003-2004 the Detroit Pistons won that um won that finals won that finals against the Los Angeles Lakers and they went on the run where they went into the Eastern Conference Finals for like six years in a row and I really do feel like this that year that draft before that championship year they had the number three pick no the number two pick in that draft and that was the LeBron James Carmelo Anthony Darko Militich draft and you know who the Detroit Pistons picked with the number two pick in that draft he picked Darko fucking Militic. Darko Militic. now I know 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 but walk with me here guys imagine if the Detroit Pistons would have drafted Carmelo Anthony with that number two pick and granted I'll tell you right now they had a young guy Tayshaun Prince he came in the year before I think he got drafted and they had already a good small forward already but imagine they would have been like you know what instead of going for a position of need and Darko Milicic let's go after the best player available on the board which was Carmelo Anthony or if they even would have went after Chris Bosh instead because if they wanted a big man a big power forward because Darko Milicic was a center they thought he would be great if they would have went for Chris Bosh, but what I really think they should went for is Carmelo Anthony. They would have went for Carmelo Anthony and added him to that veteran squad of Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, um, Rip Hamilton. If they would have added those guys and you would have had Carmelo Anthony, a young Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench as a great six man possibly, you probably wouldn't want to come off the bench. But still, you come into a great team in Detroit and you saw the run they went on, six straight, six straight years in the Eastern Conference Finals. If they had Carmelo Anthony on that team, they would have made six straight years in the finals and to be honest with you I don't think we will be looking at I don't think we will be looking at LeBron James the same as we do 
Carmelo Anthony right now. And we wouldn't be looking at Carmelo Anthony the same either because Carmelo Anthony would have got a ring and he would have been helping that Detroit Pistons team extend their run of conference finals just the same way that Grant Hill said that if he would have went to the bad boy Pistons when he was young and helped that veteran team out and give them that young energy, they would have been better for it and it would have extended their run. I really do feel like if Carmelo Anthony would have been drafted the number two by the Detroit Pistons, that is the biggest what if. What if Carmelo Anthony would have went to the Detroit Pistons? Can you imagine Carmelo Anthony's career right now? They wouldn't be so goddamn disrespectful to my man Carmelo Anthony right now and they would actually appreciate what he's been doing in his career. Carmelo Anthony is a bad boy, man. He is a bad boy. And I'm telling you, if he would have been on that team, Sky's the limit for that Detroit Pistons team. Sky is the limit. They would have beat, I think they would have beat that San Antonio Spurs team the following year when they faced them in the in the finals. And they would have gave the Miami Heat a run for their money with Carmelo Anthony coming in. Cause the, the biggest thing with the Detroit Pistons, they had defense. They had defense. They had Mr. Big Shot. They had um Rip Hamilton, Tyshawn Prince. They had those guys, but they need a little bit more of an offensive punch. They didn't have enough offensive guys, but their defense is on point. And their defense would have helped Carmelo Anthony out because they would have forced him to play defense. I'm telling you, man, the Detroit Pistons would have been a problem. They would have got Carmelo Anthony instead of choosing Darko Milicic. I know Joe Dumars, that is the biggest what if of Joe Dumars' career. I would really want to hear Joe Dumars talk about that process of choosing Darko Milicic over Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony. Because I know he's kicking himself. I know he knows he could have won a couple championships. Chauncey Bullops, too. He probably knows that, too. When Chauncey played with Carmelo Anthony in Denver, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. So imagine playing with each other in Detroit with a young and Chauncey could have molded him to what he wanted to be because Chauncey was running that team. Oh my God, I can't go any, I can't go any further. We would look at Carmelo Anthony way differently and we would respect him way more than we do right now. But to the final question from that episode of Open Court, they asked the question, who would benefit more from winning a ring? And the people that they said was Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, or um, Allen Iverson. A lot of them said Charles Barkley. A lot of them said Charles Barkley. And I agree with him because the way Charles Barkley be talking on set, and since he's in the TV cameras the most, and he's always on the inside of the NBA, which I miss, by the way. I miss inside the NBA. But since he's on inside the NBA the most, and he's up there with Shaq and Kenny, they always make fun of him. It, he definitely would have benefited more. But the person I do agree with that said the right answer, in my opinion, was Isaiah Thomas. He came out and said Patrick Ewing. And I think that is 100% on the money. Patrick Ewing would have benefited tremendously if he would have won a ring. Because first off, he would have won a ring in New York City. New York City. Imagine winning a ring in New York City near Patrick Ewing, especially considering the fact you never really had a second guy with you. Like, I know John Starch was good, and I know, like, who else, though? Like, who else was that guy, like, you, you would say, like, that put fear in your heart that you feared on that court? It was more of a defensive team. You had Charles Oakley, you had Anthony Mason, you had Larry Johnson later, but you didn't have that second guy where you could be like, hey, go get us a basket. I believe in you, you can go get us a basket. Like, you never really had that guy. I think if New York needed to get him a second guy, but if he would have won that ring by himself in New York, he is the king. He is the king 
of New York if you ever want to ring in New York. So it really, really helped out Patrick Ewing and his legacy. And you know how people always look at him like he couldn't get it done, which I hate about that. I don't like when people say that Patrick Ewing couldn't get it done. He was going up against Jordan. Let's be real. He was going up against Jordan. Another person that they said, well, Kevin McHale mentioned was Carl Malone and John Stockton. He was basically making fun of Carl Malone and John Stockton because he said that Carl Malone and John Stockton, they had years and runs where they had an opportunity and they just could never get it done. They really could have, they really could have, you know what Carl Malone and John Stockton remind me of? They remind me of um, James Harden and, and CP3. They're good, but never good enough. They never could get over that hump. They never could win that, the big one. Like, they needed that extra hump. They needed the extra hump. J- Jerry Sloan, too, with, um, he reminds me of Mike D'Antoni. They were always good, but never good enough. CP3, James Harden, and Mike D'Antoni are gonna go down as this generation's Utah Jazz as the Carl Malone, John Stockton, and Jerry Sloan. To be honest with you, they just could never get the job done, ever. Ever, ever. And another person I thought could have benefited of a ring is Trace McGrady, you know, because I just always feel like Trace McGrady could benefit from a ring. And I don't really feel like Allen Ivan Iverson could have benefited from a ring, but we already look at Allen Iverson as the GOAT. Like, not the GOAT, but you know, we look at Allen, he's a god to most people. Like, he changed the NBA. Everyone respects Allen Iverson. Bring a no ring, everyone's going to respect Allen Iverson. Just him, him getting to that, that team to the finals by himself was championship enough. They already look at him as a champion. Charles Barkley. Patrick Ewing and Carmelo and Stockton, those guys could really benefited from winning the ring. Really, really benefited. Their legacies would have been completely different if they would have won that one ring. And we got to put some more respect on Charles Barkley's name, by the way. Charles Barkley got a team by himself to the finals. He got, can y'all appreciate that? He got a team by himself to the finals. No one does that anymore. Imagine getting your team by yourself where you're the main guy. The main guy. Same thing with Patrick Ewing. You know he didn't get it done in the finals, but... Yo, they got their teams to the finals as the guy and no real other real star along time. I know Charles had Jeff Hornacek next to him, but was he really that guy that he was a all-star caliber player? Like, I don't think he was that all-star caliber player. He's a, he was a great shooter, but not all-star caliber player. Come on now. So I really do feel like you got to put more respect on Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley's name. And you got you got to. You really do have to. Oh, another one of the questions that they had on Open Court What If episode was, what if Shaq and Kobe didn't break up? I don't know. And and there was a post last week as well. I think it was last week. Might have been the week before where they asked, like, what would you not have wanted to see? Derrick Rose getting hurt. Um, Kobe and LeBron playing the finals. Michael Jordan not retire the first time and he would have played the full eight years in a row if they would have won eight titles in a row and what if Kobe and Shaq didn't break up I like to think about that you know why because we would look at their careers completely differently if Kobe and Shaq would have stayed together we would still be discrediting Kobe saying like oh he couldn't win it without Shaq and stuff like that I feel like for, it happened that way for a reason and it makes you respect each one's career a little bit even more it really does. I really feel like it makes you respect their careers even more, especially Kobe. Like, he needed to be a break free of Shaq because we wouldn't have Black Bomb. We wouldn't have Mama Mentality. We wouldn't have everything we have about Kobe right now because we will always discredit him and say that, hey, he can never do it on his own. He always needed Shaq. You just need that break from each other. And they didn't get along. They just didn't get along. 
I mean, look at it right now. Y'all already skip over Kobe in the GOAT conversation. You go from Jordan straight to LeBron. Y'all never talking about Kobe, who was in the middle. And Kobe was a close thing to Michael Jordan. Let's be real. Y'all don't compare LeBron to, to Kobe. Kobe got five rings and he got a finals MVP. And he should won more MVPs during the regular season. But, you know, Steve Nash stole a couple. I know Andre would say that. My brother Andre would definitely say Steve Nash stole a couple of Kobe MVPs. But... Yeah, like y'all already look over Kobe now. Imagine if Kobe would have stayed with Shaq for all those years. Y'all would still overlook him. Y'all would probably discredit him every single day, every chance y'all got, and say, oh, you was played with Shaq. You played with the most dominant player in the league. So I really feel like it was great that they separated because we, it made you appreciate each one of them more. But that's all my takeaways from the episode of Open Court What If. Remember, go check that one out. It was a great episode. Please go check that one out. And that's it for this episode. So we talked about a lot on this episode. NBA Finals, remember, Game 3 is coming up Wednesday night. I believe it's at 9 o'clock. It's going to be in the Oracle. Golden State's going to be at home. Tell you Toronto got to win one of these games. Game 3 is probably going to be their best chance because Klay Thompson is questionable. Kayvon Looney is out. Durant, we still don't know if he's going to be playing yet. I guess we're going to have to see. And DeMarcus Cousins, he's hobbled. So there's going to be an opportunity for the Toronto Raptors to come out and play. Then... Clippers tampering charges with Kawhi Leonard. Lord have mercy. Already talked about that. I think that's a crock of bull. And the Rockets, they're going to have to make some moves, man. They got to do something. They got to change something up. I told you guys, the Rockets, they looking like this generation's version of the Utah Jazz that could never get it done with Carl Malone. John Stockton and Jerry Sloan. They're looking like that same type of team. Like they just could never get over that hump. And my New York Knicks do not trade that number three pick for no eight and ten pick. Wait out for John Collins. Get a good player to come along with that. If you're going to give up that pick, you got to get a player that can contribute to your team and get picks that can actually um, like fill out that roster and help you out and make your team have more depth. That's what I'm looking for from the Knicks. Get more depth. And again, check out that episode of Open Court. It was a great episode. And feel free to let me know what you think and feel about some of the topics. I love getting your feedback. So hit me up on anything. Go to my Facebook page. Talk about the topics. When I post it on social media, give me your opinion. I want to know what you guys think. Discuss it with me. That's what it is. Reflect, share, discuss. That's what we do. I'm reflecting right now. I'm sharing with you. And later on, we could discuss it. And hopefully in the future weeks, we're going to have some extra guests on the show. So you won't have to listen just to my voice. But it was a great week. Thank you, guys. And just so you guys know, once again, I want to give a shout out to Jay-Z being the first billionaire of hip-hop. He deserves it. He deserves it. Got to give him a round of applause again. I know I already did it, but got to give him a round of applause again. He deserves it, man. He really deserves it. Congratulations to him. And also... If you guys haven't checked it out yet, please, please go and check out that When They See Us documentary on Netflix. Ava DuVernay, she deserves a round of applause as well. That was a great documentary. Please go and check that out. It's on Netflix. It's a great documentary. Four episodes. It's about the Central Park Five and the guys that were blamed for a crime they did not commit. I did not know that happened. I, like, my mom tried to get me to watch that documentary, the original, like, doc, not without the, like, the storytelling, like, the way Ava DuVernay did it. But I really liked how she really, like, gave you an idea of how, what they went through on the inside and also when they went through when they got out of prison and how their life just basically changed. These were kids, man, fucking kids, and they did this shit to them. And you got to see how government 
If they want you, they're gonna get you. Especially if you're a black or brown person, you minority, they're gonna get your ass. So it's it was just sad. Especially episode four, man. I feel bad for Corey. Corey Wise, I feel bad for you, man. I really do. Yeah, I really do, man. I hope everything's good with you. And 44 million is not enough, by the way. 44 million is not enough. 44 million for them boys to split amongst them is not enough. Corey Wise alone deserved 44 million. Each one of them should have got their own little settlement. I would have, I would have took New York City to court individually. And that lady, that prosecutor, Charmaine put a post up about it on his IG. I forgot her name. I'm not going to look her up because I don't care about her. Actually, we should. I'm going to look her up right now because we should say her name just so people know this one was making money off of books that she wrote about this goddamn case. So Linda Firestein, she deserves to be fired. I don't know. I'm glad she got rid of her social media accounts. She deserves every bit of venom and hate that she's going to get. And I hope she doesn't try to sue Ava DuVernay. Ava DuVernay, another round of applause for you, man. Another round of applause for you. Deserve it. You really do deserve Ava DuVernay. Another documentary I should go look at is that HBO show of Chernobyl. Like those two docs, it really shows you how states and governments, they really don't give a fuck about people at all. They really just don't give a fuck. They just don't. They really don't. That Chernobyl doc, that shit was sad as well. And I don't know, man. Go check those two documentaries out. That's all I got to say. Go check those two documentaries out. And by the way... Um, Gerald McCoy He got signed by the Carolina Panthers I think that's a big move by the Carolina Panthers And I haven't talked about baseball in a minute But baseball, my team, New York Yankees They starting to ball out right now Clint Fage, he had a terrible game over the weekend On Sunday night during the NBA Finals He had a terrible game, had a bunch of errors Reason why we didn't sweep that series against Boston They finally got a win against us New York Yankees doing their thing, Boston struggling a little bit This year looking good for my New York Yankees Baby, they looking good for my New York Yankees But yeah, that's it for now Thank you guys, Jerry McCoy. Like I was saying, back to him real fast. I think that's going to be a big pickup for them. It's going to give, give Luke Keekley and the rest of the linebackers for the Carolina Panthers a lot more room to roam and actually get to the ball, attack the ball handle, attack the running back, attack the quarterback. Because as Ray Lewis said, having Tony Saragusa and having Haloti Nada up there up front really allowed him to really be a better version of himself because he didn't have to worry about being blocked by offense linemen because the offense linemen had to deal with those two guys up front. So having Gerald McCoy and Kwan Short and the rest of those linemen up front for the Carolina Panthers is really going to help him out because the offense linemen not going to be able to get to that second level and block the linebackers, make Luke Kiki look even better. So that's the reason I wish they would have kept Thomas Davis. They would have kept Thomas Davis on that team. It really could have helped them out. But yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Super Junior Podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please do me a favor and follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, Anchor, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to podcasts and leave a review. Let me know what you think. If you want to discuss and share your opinion about any of these topics that we discuss in the episode, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, IG at SuperJunior underscore 93 or on the podcast Facebook page. Just search Super Junior Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Enjoy your day and the rest of the week. Until next time. Hey, y'all. Lovely songs bringing memories of our past. Haunting songs of our love that was never meant.
Wow, you still here? Wow, you stayed through the whole episode? Thank you, I fucked with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I just want to give you a little nugget. All the songs on this episode of the podcast, I chose them because they were all Jay-Z type beats. They were free Jay-Z type beats. I would use his actual songs, but I don't want to get sued by Jay-Z for using his music. So I decided to use beats that would be something that he would probably rap over or find on YouTube and that I liked. So here they are. Those are the beats. And... Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying around for the end. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you again. Peace.